0: You know, I started doing a lot of yoga, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is what it like feels like to feel good." Um, you know, Ayurveda is kind of the health like sister science of yoga, and Ayurveda really like stands above a lot of other health sciences when it works with.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the half-hour intern. In today's episode, we will be talking Ayurveda. We'll be speaking with Jackie Christensen, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner. And I was so excited to talk with Jackie about Ayurveda because it was something I was really interested in and really wanted some more knowledge in that I... Kind of glossed over asking Jackie to just lay down the grounds for what Ayurveda is at the beginning of the episode. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now in case you don't know much about Ayurveda. Ayurveda is the ancient Indian system for treating illness and promoting wellness. So it's about 3,000 years old now. It's crazy, crazy, crazy old. But when you hear the different ideas, encapsulated within ayurveda it doesn't matter at all how old it is it, it just it's so wise and so perfectly knowledgeable about how we should be living our lives so the words i the word ayurveda breaks up into two smaller parts ayur and veda so ayur means life in ancient sanskrit and veda means uh, science or knowledge so it's life science life knowledge um, and the two main guiding principles for ayurveda are one that the mind and the body are inextricably connected and two that nothing has more power to heal and transform the body than the mind so it really focuses on the mind on your diet on having a really good clean healthy diet with fresh food um, on your breathing and just paying attention throughout the day to to everything to your breathing to your eating and to sleep and getting really really good sleep Um, The other amazing thing that Ayurveda does is it takes a personalized approach to health. So you need to know your mind and body type and that will allow you to make optimal choices and allow an Ayurvedic practitioner to give you optimal suggestions for the types of things that you should be including in your diet for removing from your diet um, and the types of exercises that you should be doing so it's not just a complete one size fits all type of diet and lifestyle there's going to be changes depending on what um, mind and body type you have we'll actually get get pretty deep into that during the interview so without further ado here is ayurvedic practitioner jackie thanks so much for coming on the show
0: Great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Blake. Yeah, absolutely. So I am like so stoked to talk to you. I know a little bit about Ayurveda and I'm so uh like interested in that world and I'm I'm so always focused on my own health and my own diet and different things that I can do to make my body work as optimally as possible and make my mind work as optimally as possible. And when I was first introduced to Ayurveda, it just hit me over the head as one of these things that's like it just makes so much sense that this stuff isn't like cutting edge technological things to make your body and your brain the best they could be. It's like all this time wisdom, just like the most basic of things. It's beautiful and wonderful.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a really beautiful, fascinating science. Um, you know, and it's a very functional medicine, so it can be applied to just about any lifestyle, any person, any type of imbalance—it really works um, with each each person's unique constitution right. and meets them where they are within themselves, and then um, looks at who, who everybody is in the essence of um, you know their uniqueness, and then um, where imbalances lie within.
1: Yeah, it's. It's so cool and and coming from a western you know western culture where medicine is a very not understood thing for the average person like if you're not a physician you're not really going to understand what's going on inside your body when you get the flu let's say or something like that yeah Um, and then when you get a treatment for that you're also not really going to understand the treatment it's like okay i guess that thing's going to attack the flu and that's what's happening (laughs) and but ayurveda the all the methodologies and the treatments and uh, like everything about it is just so it just makes sense like anything that you hear you're like oh yeah of course that of course that that's what you would want to do and it, it it just makes so much sense
0: exactly it really views each person as a microcosm within the macrocosm so we each have like a whole universe inside ourselves. And then we're also living within the universe around us. So it really works to balance, you know, the internal universe with the external universe. So just as we have, um, you know, the sky and the water and wind and fire outside on the planet, we all have those elements within our body as well. So like the fire is like, our digestive system and wind is like the nervous system and communication and you know the fluids are the water in the body and uh, like different plasma, and cellular tissues and so everything in Ayurveda really works to balance what's going on internally with what's going on externally and so it really works with balancing according to the seasons and seasonal changes and to um, and working with circadian rhythms within the body and balancing that with like, you know, the the seasons and the times of day, because there's definitely, there's ideal times to wake and sleep when um, our body's producing different hormones and, you know, this sun is high in the sky and our digestion's really strong. Like those are the times to eat and then, you know, when the sun's going down, our digestion gets a little lower and a little softer and, um, those are the times to, our body starts producing melanoma and that's that, you know, when we get the urge for the sleep. So Ayurveda is really about just balancing the body with, you know, the rhythm of the universe. Yeah. Going with it, not like fighting it, you know, so it's swimming with the flow.
1: Yes, that, all right, such a good way <laughs> to put it. You're like swimming with the current of life and it's not, Yeah. Like you said, it's not like this one size fits all type of thing. Um, it's, uh, it's, is this thing the right thing to do right now, being like the season, the time of day, and also specifically for the person, like something we'll get into a little bit later is the doshas and stuff like that, but that it looks at each person kind of as an individual and what's going to be right for that person. Um,
0: exactly. So it's not like a one size fits all and something that's, you know, specific for a certain person. It might be right at this time in your life, but, you know, at a later point in a different season, you know, it might not be appropriate for you anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So why is it that you got really into Ayurveda? Like why Ayurveda and not something else?
0: Um, Well, for me, my I guess, um, you know, I wasn't always healthy. I'm from Iowa and, um, you know, it's a real kind of meat and potato state. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of alternative medicine there. And so, you know, I was raised in the 80s on microwave food and like, you know, all that kind of crap. Um,
1: Oh yeah. Capri Sun, Doritos (laughs) Extreme, all the good stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 So then, you know, I moved out to California and, um, you know, I started doing a lot of yoga and I was like, wow, this is, this is what it like feels like to feel good and, you know, to not be like sluggish and like tired and hungover and just, you know, just feel like crap. And so, um, so I went with that and it's, Um, you know Ayurveda is kind of the health like sister science of yoga and um, I got a job at a holistic college and it wasn't necessarily um, an Ayurvedic college but it's had a lot of you know western herbology and holistic nutrition and um, holistic health in general and so I worked through their courses and I worked in admin for a long time and worked in student support and students get through their programs and you know eventually I took enough of their courses and took their PhD program and passed and worked my way out of the admin into a faculty position so I was working from home and teaching and creating lessons and um, you know I really enjoyed it it was really dynamic you know I found myself you know in the position where I was you know ready for a change and a new start and and that's when I had always had an interest in Ayurveda, and I lived in Santa Cruz, and so Mount Madonna was really close, and I'd always gone to the PCC and did yoga there, and um, yeah, that was kind of my introduction, and once, you know, I took one class, and I was like, oh, let's see how it goes, and it just really tied a lot of things together for me. I felt like I had learned a lot through my training but I still didn't know like what herbs to use with what condition or what person and you know I just felt like I knew so much but I didn't know how to apply it to each specific person I was working with and that's where Ayurveda really like stands above a lot of other health sciences when it works with a unique complete picture and a really client-centered approach to healthcare so for me it really drew a lot of my interest into a really whole like spectrum that I could pull from and know when to use certain tools of certain kinds.
1: Yeah, that's so nice. I, um, it, 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 it's so cool that rather it, because there's so many herbs that can kind of overlap with each other in in what they're trying to do so it's so nice with something like ayurveda that it's like oh well this herb is going to be better for this type of person in this sort of scenario and this other herb that has the same type of thing that it's trying to do might be better for this other person for this reason um that's great if you're like a a curious minded person or you know someone that um just connects with that whole idea
0: exactly it's You know, because Western Herbology still, it really takes a Western approach um, where it looks at body system imbalances and actions of herbs and kind of classifies them um, in that way, which is a really Western approach to use with your clients. So um, Ayurveda just goes a lot deeper, and it goes more into um, not only the – initial effect that the herbs have but the post-secondary effect that they have when they react deeper in the body and it brings the elements into it and heating and cooling energies and so it really gives a better picture of the herbs when you use them Um, so you know more specifically how to use them and specifically with you know the dosha system that's very helpful
1: yeah, that's also nice. I mean, I think like a, a good analogy that a lot of people would understand is all of us know someone who is like a good drunk and all of us know someone who's like a bad drunk, you know, <laughs> and so but they're both just drinking alcohol. And if that alcohol right. was like a medication, <laughs> the people that made alcohol or the or the or let's say it was like a, even an herbal thing, the people that made it would just say this is what it does because, you know, they're only really going to say one thing. So they might say like it it uh makes you pretty happy. And it's like, well, here's this guy and it's not it doesn't seem to be making him very happy, you know, (laughs) and or like, you know, you and I talked beforehand. And for for someone uh, who's like a strong fire sign, a Pitta like me, I like I recently stopped um, drinking coffee and I like, man, I just love coffee. But I have noticed just how much I I have just felt so much more calm and balanced since I've started uh, since I'm, I'm sorry. Since I've stopped drinking coffee, yeah. and I'm still just as awake as I was before, and if 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 your goal is to wake up in the morning or wake up in the afternoon or whatever it is that you want to do or focus more, I would still say like, oh yeah, caffeine. That's a perfect remedy for that. That's exactly <laughs> what caffeine does. But something that Ayurveda does is it asks you like, but who are you? You know, like, and what's All going right. on with you? What is your dosha? And then maybe we're going to steer you towards a different stimulant. Like there might be a different stimulant that works really well for you um, or like an amino acid or whatever.
0: The underlying cause of why are you feeling lethargic in the morning?
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's
0: the answer you really, or, you know, that's the question you really want to answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what what sort of degrees and certifications exist in the Ayurveda world?
0: Well, right now, there's a lot of transformation happening. Um, NAMA, which is the National Ayurvedic Medical Association, is kind of the regulating board agency at this time. And it's, you know, it's gearing up for licensing as a profession. Um, so I think within the next, you know, couple years in the state of California, you're going to see Ayurvedic practitioner as a licensed title. Um, so, I mean, it's really, you know, there's a lot of changes going on right now, but, um, what they're shooting for is the Ayurveda health counselor, which is kind of like the first level of education. Um, and that's typically about a one year program and, um, and you know, that will involve taking a license test after you complete an accredited program. And then there's the Ayurveda practitioner, um, and I think that's about a three-year program. And then, um, you know, there's certain schools that are going to offer a master's program, and then there's also a Ayurveda doctor program. Um, and that's more so for people who have a lot of um, clinical experience, or doctors who have come over from India who have been classically trained um, and practiced in the US. So that would be like their title that they would get.
1: It's interesting, right? Because here in the West, we're so um, used to, and you have the desire for someone treating you to be an MD, to be a doctor. But the entire reason that that person needs to be an MD to treat you is so that realistically is so that they can prescribe you drugs. Otherwise, right. like other people can know just as much about your body as an MD does. like uh, and there's a lot of doctors that I know that know a lot less about the body than a lot of just nutritionally inclined people that I know. And, right. It, it, so it doesn't, yeah, it, it makes sense that there's not really the need for an Ayurvedic like, medicine specialist to be an MD. I mean, they're going to be giving you most likely herbs and tonics and teas and changes to your diet and your regimen. Um, and yeah, exactly. you don't you don't need to be it's an MD to not- do those things.
0: Um, the therapies that we use, but, you know, you have to really, herbs can be really powerful. So you have to know what you're doing and how you're combining them and, um, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so what goes into like an initial Ayurveda examination? Like what are the parts to it? And, and like, why do you do each of the parts of the examination of someone?
0: So a typical consultation, um, may, you know, and it depends on the practitioner, but it may take about, you know, 60 to 90 minutes for your initial. And it's really, it's a lot of talking. Um, So a lot of questioning and really trying to get an idea of one, the person's constitution and two where their imbalances lie within their constitution. Um, so you'll ask a lot about, you know, these history, um, any type of illnesses that they've had, um, And then you'll also ask a lot about daily routine, lifestyle habits, uh, foods that they like to eat. We get into a lot of questions about bowel movements. Um, You can tell a lot from somebody's digestion by what they're excreting. So we'll ask a lot of questions about digestion. Um, We'll go through and ask about, um, you know, urination, menstrual cycle. energy levels, sleep, dreams. Um, just a really, a lot of things to get somebody's basic constitution and um, and where their imbalances lie outside of their constitution. Interesting. Um,
1: other than yeah. the dream-related stuff, is there anything, any other like uh, mental types of questions that you ask the people, like... Um, How would you handle it if someone just like flipped you off right now or like cut you off in the car? Like, or, you know, do you try to like peel back who they are as a person?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, things like that, you know, it's always good to ask people like, you know, how they handle stress or what kind of things stress them out. um, Because that'll give you a good idea of whether they're, you know, they're more pizza and they, you know, um, have more of like, Uh, angry response, you know, if they have more of a fiery temperament, um, you know, people who are generally more caught by nature, they're more laid back. Um, You know, they might be like, oh, I'm pretty tired all day long. And, you know, they're kind of happy-go-lucky. Nothing really bothers them too much. Um, You know, and then Vato people, it's more about even just observing people. Like you can tell by their hand gestures, how they answer questions, if they change their mind a lot when they're answering you. Um, so there's a lot of physical observation involved too and um, it honestly
1: sounds like so much fun I like it sounds to me like being kind of like a detective or something like when the person walks in before they've even said anything you're just kind of like looking at their face and noticing like if are they have pimples on their skin like is that is their skin dry like what's going on and then as soon as they start speaking you notice maybe the cadence in which they're speaking and the speed and like all these different things that sounds like so much fun
0: it is. It really is, and it's the more you do it, the more fun it gets.
1: That's <laughs> so cool. So let's um, jump into the doshas for people because we've been dancing around that a whole bunch. Um, and mm-hmm. this way, it'll all start to make more sense. So if you just want to go over the three Ayurvedic doshas and uh, like this, uh, like the the different characteristics of each.
0: Okay, so we have um, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha are the Three doshas, and so actually Ayurveda is built on a five-element theory. So what that means is that um, there's five elements: air, ether, water, um, fire, and earth. And so each one of um, each one of those elements, um, you take two and you combine them, and they form a dosha. So Air and ether form the vata dosha, and then, um, you know, vata is certain things within the body. It's more of the speech and breathing. It's the sense of touch. It's nerve impulses, energy channels, uh, the downward flow of movement, so removing waste and urine from the body and menstruation. Those are all kind of vata chores in the body. Um, and the qualities of Vata are all like light, dry, mobile, subtle, and rough. So, um, so we all have Vata in our body and, um, and Vata kind of in the mind is more like, like, um, it's more the movement quality. So it's, you know, when people have like a racy mind and they're thinking a lot, that's more of like a Vata kind of quality. Um. And then pitta, pitta is the fire and water element. So the functions in the body are digestion, assimilation, transformation. Um, so it's with a lot of uh, hormone production and like the digestive fire in the belly. Um, it's also the digestion of thoughts in the mind. Um, so you have a lot of pittas that have a lot of intelligence. Um, clarity and speech they usually have a lot of heat in their body uh, they have like good rosy cheeks and luster to the skin uh some of their qualities are sharp and hot so they might have a sharp tongue um you know they might you they mean have the like, way that they
1: sh- speak or you mean literally like a sharp tongue like it comes out to a uh, point
0: you know actually a little bit of both like they will have like when you because we also do uh tongue examination and so they will have more of like a like a hotter like red tongue, and they also like when they're out of balance can be short and like sharp in their speech. So, you know, when they're in balance, they're usually like really witty and funny, and um, you know, just sharp and with their intelligence. Um, but you know, when they're out of balance too, their that sharp quality transfers over and can make them you know judgmental and critical and sharp in that sense. Right. Hmm. Um, and so then Kapha, Kapha is more um, earth and water element and it's uh, support and structure in the body. So it's more about, um, you know, really giving your body the strength that it needs to support itself. So it's more growth and stamina. It's also um, lubricates the body. So it's the You know, the lubrication in the joints, in the tissues, um, like the saliva in the mouth. Uh, um, Kapha is also is more like calm. And so its qualities are like heavy and dull and sticky and dense, um, like sticky and kind of slimy. Um, So we all have different proportions of Vata Pitta and Kapha in us because we all have you know, different physiological structures that are Vata, Pitta and Kapha. But we also have them, you know, within our mind and mental qualities. And then also, you know, in our personality as well, we have different characteristics. Like Vatas tend to like to travel a lot and, um, change their mind a lot. And that's all like with the movement quality that they have. And, you know, Pitta's are more fiery, they're more competitive, um, They're more driven, more goal oriented. And Kapas are generally more, a little more stagnant, um, more grounded, more earthy people, but also they're more carefree um, and just in the sense that, you know, nothing really bothers them too much.
1: Right, right.
0: They're just kind of mellow, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's so incredible looking through so i I highly encourage and we'll ask you for recommendations at the end for places where people can go but i highly encourage anyone listening to go to a website to do um like a personality and body type sort of evaluation to just get a quick little read on on what possibly um your your like primary and secondary doshas are and uh like which are kind of your body and your mind and stuff like that but uh it's so interesting I I redid another one of these tests. Yeah, I'd I'd already done one before, but I did another one yesterday in in preparation for this. And this website that I found yesterday was better than the first one that I used because it really broke it out to different parts of your mind and different parts of your body. And then um, it explained what what each sign or what each dosha was like when you're out of balance. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting, like, knowing what dosha you are and then seeing the things that, you know, it says that that dosha would do if you're out of, if it was out of balance. And it's like, Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ, like, this is exactly what I do. And it, uh, and like, some of them are also body related things. Like, it says, if you're this dosha, you're more than likely going to get dry skin if you're living out of balance. And it's like, dang, like, I got dry skin right now. I'm, I'm like stressed but... out. And, uh, yeah. but it, uh, It's also so crazy and disheartening thinking thinking about the time that these principles were thought up and kind of how much uh, like simpler the world was back then versus Mm -hmm. what the world is like now, especially, you know, for us living in the West and. And just the speed of everything and the stress level and anxiety and everything just like coming at you all the time everywhere. Yeah. And it's like I look at the the quote unquote imbalance list and it's like Mm -hmm. those things are the way that most people are acting all of the time. Um it's like people are just chronically out of balance with the way that they should be. And it's so sad because you look at what the imbalance characteristics are for those, those same doshas and they're the most beautiful things, you know? And it's like, it just needs that nudge in just the right direction. Um, Like, you know, like you say about a pitta being, like, fiery and angry. It's like that Mm -hmm. same sort of person can just be really inspiring and, like, you know, say these, like, strong, wonderful things and, like, get people to rally around them. And instead, they can just, like, snap at people and be angry (laughs) or people um, that are, you know, more of, like, an air sign, like vata, being just, like... A, a really like creative and uh and like wonderful people as opposed to just being like totally flighty and like hurting people's feelings with you know not caring um it's uh yeah, yeah it's something that we all need to focus on so much more because it's so it's so tangible and easy to see that it's like it's right there that change from the not good to the good is so easy to see like there's such a direct link between the two yeah
0: exactly and it's Like you said, just living in modern society and it's just so fast paced, um, it really is vata vitiating for a lot of people, you know? And because it's all those kind of light, dry qualities um, that people are going through all the time and they're constantly mobile. And and then a lot of foods that that we eat are all processed and stale. And that's also going to increase vata. And so it's going to make you feel drier, you know?
1: Yeah absolutely it, so you just said a very interesting thing that was actually a question later on on my list which is how do you know what your true dosha is versus what you've become due to outside influence and stress like as i'm being asked these questions on this thing i'm just like mm-hmm. crap i can't really isolate myself <laughs> from like the world around me you know like i'm living in this world right now and i'm dealing with the world so how like if if let's say it says that I'm a uh, strong Vata, how do I know that I, maybe that's not like society has made me a strong Vata over the past couple of years, but really in a balanced sense, I would be more of something else. How can you tell?
0: Well, it's like you said, like it's hard when you experiencing your Sorry. imbalance as part of your constitution when it's really not. Um, so, really like, you know, to see a qualified Ayurvedic practitioner is the best way to go. And, you know, because they can do like a physical evaluation of you and do a pulse diagnostics and um, tongue diagnostics and really get a full picture of what's going on. And it's something that, you know, it might take some time. A lot of times when people do have these imbalances, you know, they've been, it's just encroached over, you know, their true nature. And so the way somebody might, appear to be, it's really their imbalance that you're looking at. So we always, you know, start with somebody where they are at that particular time and space and work with them to find balance within their constitution. And then their true nature will come out.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so if if let's say somebody uh, goes and works with an Ayurvedic, well, obviously that person would go over this for them. So, like, let's say someone just fills something out online and they find well, out kind of what their body dosha is. They find out what their yeah. mind dosha is. What should you be, like, eating and kind of living for? So, like, for me, for instance, my, my body was primarily pitta and then my mind was primarily vata. And again, like, okay. who knows, maybe it just, I just think I'm Vata because of the fact that, uh, I, it, it like, it's so funny. Like when it says like when a Vata is out of balance that they can't focus well, and it's like, well, you show me someone that can focus well, like today, nowadays, you know, <laughs> like when they're carrying yeah. an iPhone all day, but anyway, so if I was like a Pitta with body Vata with mind, should you be, um, eating to try to balance and correct for a Pitta or should you be eating to try to balance and correct for a Vata?
0: Well, you're really, um, I would say it's more of a seasonal approach when it comes to diet. So it's not necessarily that you're trying to pacify pitta um, with your diet year-round. It would be like you're more so eating seasonal foods and using less pitta-aggravating spices and foods you know what I'm saying? So it's like, if it, say you're a pitta person, okay? And um, let's say it's the pitta time of year, which is the summer. Um, So that's when, you know, pitas are more likely to get out of balance during the summer.
1: Okay. So you're more likely to get out of balance during your time of year.
0: Exactly. Because all those characteristics that you already have, you know, a pretty high amount of are, are just getting um, more enhanced with the season so pitches in the summer um is more in the dry so that's kind of like fall and early winter and then coffee is more so in the spring like kind of the damper season and like the damp part of winter
1: okay so if you're so like if you're one of those things you need to try to like look out or i guess avoid foods that are that same thing
0: Yeah. Yep. So in the summer, you eat more cooling foods, you know, you have more cilantro and um, aloe vera juice and you do more cooling activities. Um, And, you know, so you're supposed to like stay out of the sun and, you know, avoid hot spicy food, um, avoid alcohol and, you know, things that are heating for the body. And then as you move into the fall, when things start to get dry, that's um, botic time of year. So that's when you're supposed to switch and start eating, you know, more root vegetables, uh, more squashes and, you know, things that have like a heavier earth elements. Um, you're supposed to have more ghee, more oils. Um, and that's the time when your digestion is the strongest out of the year. So that's when you can have more meat and kind of cheese type things. And then as we move into spring, we say that's like when the, like coffee starts to melt from the body. So that's like our inner snow melts. So that's like when people start to get colds and, um, and kind of have a lot of allergy symptoms. So during coffee season is when you want to dry things up and have more bitter astringent kind of tastes that aren't. um, So you want to have more, you know, um, bitter greens. Um, Think of like spring foods and like fresh sprouts and more juices and, so
1: it sounds like for the most part, the things that are going to, on the like vegetable side anyways, the things that are naturally going to be growing during that time of year, um, exactly. which is obviously very helpful um, and, and probably not coincidental, <laughs> but so except for the summer people. So like a lot of hot, fiery peppers and stuff grow in the heat as well. Um, yeah. So clearly that's something you need to look out for if you're a Pitta during the summer.
0: Yeah. You know, and there's, there's kind of two schools of thought. I mean... There's one school of thought which is not Ayurveda, and um, it's it's that uh, you know hot foods and hot spices have uh, a secondary cooling effect because they make you sweat, and then that cools you off. Right. Um, but you know Ayurveda views it as simply heating, and so um, does not recommend like hot spicy things during hot weather.
1: So, like we here on the West Coast just recently had a heat wave for about a week where every day was really sunny and nice but it's during the winter time so if it's during the winter time and all of a sudden every day feels like it's the summertime are you supposed to still be um behaving and acting and eating like it's winter or do you can you kind of like mix it up for the week
0: you know that's a really good question because we live in an area where It's a microclimate, especially up in San Francisco, because the summer could be so cold, you know? Yeah. So you really, you want to eat for your microclimate and where you are with that day in your life.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, because you just Mm -hmm. answered the other question I was going to ask, which is like different places are... Have, have seasons kind of at different times and you mentioned yeah. like up here in san francisco the summer kind of starts like mid-august and goes yeah. until like november which is yep. kind of everyone else's fall but uh exactly,
0: exactly. so
1: you got to do you got to do what's right for where you're living
0: exactly and there's also something in ayurveda too where um uh, we do a cleanse every season so it's like it helps you get rid of any type of like excess garbage in your system that you might be carrying over that could make you sick potentially in the next season. Hmm. So every time, you know, there's um, a change in seasons, which is usually um, indicated by different lunar phases um, or solstices, you know, then you're like, okay, now we're entering into summer and now I need to like cleanse and get rid of like any excess kaha that I may have had in the spring.
1: Wow, that sounds like such a great idea,
0: yeah, it really does help us. It's, like it's all about prevention, you know it's all about preventing any type of imbalances that you could carry over from the next season,
1: yeah, so is it as simple as just trying to do the opposite of the things that you are, so first of all, and why are you trying to do the opposite of the things that you are and not like nurture the things that you are?
0: Well, that's another good question. Um, because if you are depleted, you know, in the sense, then you want to build. So then you're gonna um, you're gonna use more of like a, a building qualities. So you're gonna use um, you know things that have a similar and not an opposite effect. You know, so it's like if you are depleted, um, you know, then you're gonna want to like add more nourishment. Kind of thing. So more building food. Okay. You know what I'm saying. So if it's like a certain tissue, like if it's um, like a muscle tissue or blood um, or plasma or something that's depleted in the body, then you're going to want to, you know, give the person herbs and foods that build those tissues. Um, and, and that can happen, especially in elderly populations. Um, you know, but a lot of ours, you know, we see a lot of Western diseases in our society and so a lot of those are diseases of um, you know lifestyle and diet and overindulgence so it's really like a lot we're trying to minimize things because people go overboard and so a lot of times when you're looking at dosha imbalances they're all too high they're generally not too low
1: yeah (laughs) yeah definitely. (laughs) definitely
0: but there is like somebody could like be you know, have their vata depleted. And then that's when you would want to build up those qualities. But, you know, most of the time, you know, people don't have a lot of depletion. They have excess.
1: Right. Because you and I were talking about this before the interview. As whatever sign you are, are, are you kind of like more naturally drawn to, to that type of stuff?
0: I think so, yeah. And it's, um, I mean, you can be, there's a, it's like, so you have, everybody has their own range of vata, pitta, kapha, you know, within their constitution. And so there's a healthy range for, you know, each dosha for each person. And so if I have, let's say I have a high vata, um, it's generally because there is so much vata in me, that's the one that's going to kind of take over and that's the one that's going to get out of balance. And then, you know, kind of throw the other ones off because Vata is the moving force in the body, too. So, Vata is the one that causes the movement. And so, when Vata gets out of balance, then it kind of can pull the other doshas right along with it. Hmm. So, when things get in balance, it usually starts with Vata, um, you know, and sometimes it's Pitta, sometimes it's Kapha, but it's more likely to be like, a pitta imbalance with a of person and you know perhaps during the summer and you know that's when like pitta people you might see more imbalances with you know blood and heat and liver and things like that and for a kapha person it would be you know you might see more things in the spring and you know it might be with um you know a lot of like lungs are more of a a home for kapha and so it might be like um, a lot of allergies and kind of um, if you think like spring um, colds and flus and things like that, it really kind of lines up with the cough of like mucus kind of quality.
1: Right. So other than um, adjusting someone's diet, like what are, what are some of like the go-to sorts of uh, treatments that you would use?
0: Well, there's um, diets big, lifestyle big. So... Um, And, you know, I feel like those are kind of the hardest things for people to work with because their lifestyles, you know, it's usually things that they've been doing their whole life. So their habits and habits are really hard to break. Um, So it might be things like they're eating, you know, at the wrong times of day, like they're not eating lunch. They, you know, they have a stressful work schedule and, you know, they work through their lunch hour and then you know, come home at night and are really hungry and eat a big meal at 8 p.m. and then, you know, go to bed at 10 and wake up with heartburn and digestion and, you know, drink a cup of coffee just to get going. Um, so in Ayurveda, it's really like removing the cause is, you know, the first um, effective protocol that you want to work with. So you really, you're looking at, you know, their diet, their lifestyle. and So are
1: you, know, you just telling people to quit their job like all the time?
0: that'd be nice but you have to you know you have to work with people and where they are because you know a lot of people that you can't you know there's certain things that they can change and there's certain things that they can't so yeah outside of that ayurveda it also has a lot of body work therapies that it does um panchakarma is a is a really excellent uh detoxification like down to the cellular level that is used in ayurveda um it's usually about, you know, a seven to 10 day process and, you know, it's really beautiful treatment, involves uh, daily massages called avianga. There's a whole Pravakarma phase where you're kind of building up your digestion and your agni and then the panchakarma is actually like five purifications. It's done over, you know, a week to 10 days usually. Hmm.
1: And then you have, like, a whole array of of herbs and stuff like that to choose from if someone's, like, really imbalanced.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ayurveda definitely, they have their own own category of herbs. Um, Typically speaking, there's, like, you know, Western herbology, Chinese, and Ayurveda. And so um, some of them are also used in Western herbology, um, but most of them are – you know, just just used in Ayurveda. And it's just because I feel like a lot of them are, you know, just hard to find and um, might not even be available in the States. And uh, they work more so with powdered herbs. And so it's like making blends or churnas, of you know, anywhere from three to 60 powdered herbs. Um, and then those, you know, there's just, there's not a lot of availability here um i'm lucky because you know i went to mount madonna institute and they have an apothecary there and you know we formulate herbal remedies for practitioners so if you know if you're a practitioner in the area and gone to their school then you can order formulas for them but for somebody who is um just practicing i mean there's you know not a lot of classical herbs that you can get in the u.s
1: So what would be, let's like wind this thing down here with some advice for people. What would be like your top two or three recommendations for people to kind of get them living in balance? Um, Things that are kind of irrelevant uh, of what type of dosha you are, just like general all-purpose recommendations.
0: General all-purpose, mindful eating is huge. I mean, our food is our medicine and that it can either be nutritious substance or it can end up being you know a toxin for the body that accumulates and you know just to really help the body out take a break you know treat your body like your friend and just really nurture it and give yourself a break while you're eating it only takes 20 minutes you know to sit down and eat and chew and really like you know try not to overeat to a lot of has happened from overindulgence. Um, and so just mindful eating is big, eating with the seasons. Um, and even if it's just, you know, your vegetables here and there, um, just trying to eat with those foods with the seasons are big. Um, cleansing, you know, daily cleansing on a, on a daily basis is also Really important to do um, because we take in so many toxins, just you know, from the environment, and even if food is organic, there's still you know environmental toxins that get involved in in foods. Um, so, just drinking warm water in the morning is a really good way to flush toxins out of the body. Um, scraping your tongue in the morning is also a good way to just remove Ama and that also helps stimulate the digestive system and the digestive organs. Um, taking time to really like meditate. I mean, I think um, even 10 minutes a day is a really amazing um, reduction, stress reduction practice for people. It's free. It's You know, it's available. It doesn't, cost anything, you don't have to buy any tools or any props Um, and it can really there's so many people that have issues with anxiety, sleep disorders um, stress you know, hormonal imbalances um, you know, have difficulty concentrating and and there's just so much that meditation can do for the body um, as far as like releasing tension and stress Um, so just, you know, developing a 10 minute meditation practice daily um, eating mindfully and with the seasons um, you know drinking warm water in the morning to help you know flush out toxins and scraping the tongue to help stimulate digestion but yeah. those I mean those are just like some really like simple available free things that you know everybody can do yeah
1: it sounds like all those things are kind of helping you detoxify your body and mind. So, yeah, regardless of what type of person you are, everyone could use a little bit of like cleansing, as it were, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We just, I mean, we live in a toxic society. We have toxic thoughts all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I mean, speak for
1: yourself, Jackie. Come on. (laughs) Uh, let's give people some advice to close out with uh, if they're looking for more info on Ayurveda. Like, what uh, Do you have any particular sites that you think are just great that they could check out?
0: Um, well, I do have a, um, a mind-body questionnaire, you know, a dosha constitution kind of type on, oh, awesome. on my site. Yep. And that's practiceayurveda.com. And then, you know, I also really like... Um, Joyfulbelly.com, and that is uh, a guy, John Emmel, and he is a practitioner in um, Asheville, North Carolina. But he has a really comprehensive um, website that has a lot of foods, a lot of recipes, and you can even search, you know, just buy the food or buy um, certain ingredients or spices, and then he includes, um, you know, if it's Vata, pizza, or Kapha, aggravating, um, what kind of action it's going to have in the body and, and you know, different ways to use it in a recipe.
1: Mm, cool. That sounds great. We'll yeah. uh, definitely put links to both those on the half hour intern site so people can, can find it.
0: Great.
1: Jackie, thank you so much. This is so informative and awesome. And I definitely want to get way more into Ayurveda. We really appreciate everything.
0: Thanks a lot, Blake. You have a good day.
1: Hey, everyone, it's Blake. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I wonder how I could help Blake out. First of all, you are probably the nicest person in the entire world. Secondly, all you have to do is just tell a friend about the show. I would really appreciate it. If you're sitting there and thinking, man, my job is really interesting, or man, I do this totally badass hobby. I should totally be on this show then you totally should be on the show. Just reach out to me on halfhourintern.com, my website. You can email me through there. And uh, if there is another job or hobby that you don't do, but you just want to hear about it, you can submit any sort of idea through the Submit Your Ideas link on the page. Thanks again for listening. Take care.